Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Back to the Point. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Migs. And I'm Ian. Uh, we're glad to have you join us today. It's been a while since our last recording. There have been a few Sharks games that have happened, most of which I personally have not seen because life happenings and school happenings have dominated my time. But uh, my good friend Ian here has seen a lot of the games. So uh, I guess you could get us started. What, do, what have we seen lately? Well, first, the most obvious thing uh, on Vancouver, in Vancouver on February 2nd, Marlowe scored his 500th goal. And it was awesome. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Finally, he did it. Yeah. Finally. I mean, he got there pretty quick. I mean. Right? He just went on a tear. He got four goals in one game. He decided he wanted I'll it. i this. And then did everything he needed and just got it ASAP. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we all knew it was either going to be this season or next season. Uh, obviously glad it was this season. Um, yeah, he... He was uh, he was just playing super well, and especially like like you're saying, Migs, as of late. Um, yeah, I mean, the Canucks looked terrible, and we <laughs> we shredded that team. Um, they definitely are not the same team they were in 2011 when we took them in the Stanley Cup, uh, not Stanley Cup Finals, the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they beat us. Fortunately, we did not take them. They, uh... Yeah. It's the other way they, around. They took us. Yeah, with that <laughs> terrible, no good, very bad bounce off the weird stanchion where only Kevin Bieksa saw it. I think we talked about this I think we did. Podcast. We don't need to get into People it. People are going to think that we're just going to reiterate this every time. <laughs> because every time it felt so terrible. Oh, <laughs> it, it was like... Uh, years and years. Oh my gosh. it just I just felt so like hollow and empty and like I didn't understand and it hurt. Anyways, yeah, the Canucks, uh, they have steeply fallen off the face of the earth as the years have gone on, gone on since then. And they are definitely rebuilding and... They have some young stars, but they are not there yet. They're they're pretty bad. Um, they started off the season hot, and at this point, they are where they should be uh, as a in the standings as a rebuilding team. Beat them four uh, one. They started to get into it. Uh, I think maybe by the second or third period, or maybe it was like late in the third period, or something like that. I don't quite remember, but and and then they were playing well, but their their youth and um i guess placing the standings really showed that it just took them too long to like spin up and get their game going within the game uh it was three it was three zero by the time they looked like they were ready to play so um well i think vancouver's bad of course but i think they're slightly better than a lot of people expected them to be at the beginning of the season because they're honestly still in the hunt for that last wild card spot everything's really yeah. bunched up in those those last two wild card spots nashville and la currently hold them but calgary and vancouver uh, are not far behind so i don't expect them necessarily to get one of those spots but they're still in it to some extent uh yeah looking listen, at this listen would you rather play 
Vancouver in the playoffs, or would you rather play Los Angeles? <laughs> I would rather play Colorado, Arizona, Winnipeg, Dallas, Vancouver, Calgary, Nashville, Edmonton, Anaheim, than LA in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Maybe not Nashville. I agree. Yeah. Although, yeah, I was going to say, Nashville gave us uh, a, a bit of a scare last season. Maybe, maybe not the Ducks either, but pretty much everyone in the Western Conference, I'm in the Pacific Division, I am comfortable playing. Right. Anyway, enough talk about Vancouver. Yeah. Um, apparently, it has been a while since we last recorded, though, because I did watch that game, and I did. I think I tuned in late, but I got to see Patty's 500th goal, which was just... Yeah, it was awesome. It's really cool to see that and how happy he was and how happy all his teammates were. And just the acknowledgement, even in Vancouver, that he got with that milestone. Mm-hmm. I think I remember hearing the, the crowd cheer for him. I just thought that was a cool thing to see. Yeah. I mean that's kind of so that's kind of a fun part about being in Canada, you know. Everyone, I mean that's such a stereotype, but more so in Canada. Are you in Canada? I'm not in Canada. I'm close <laughs> to Canada, Seattle. <laughs> and work has brought me to Seattle, and Seattle. I mean, I took a road trip to Vancouver for uh, like a weekend. It was like a three-hour drive, and like thirty minutes to an hour of that was the border crossing. Like, <laughs> it's not far. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I thought it was kind of funny, like, the they played so terribly, the Canucks did, and uh, Sedin got a star instead of Jones, who just, like, absolutely, it was just kind of funny, I think uh, Jamie Baker, yeah. or maybe, maybe it was Brody Brazil, or someone kind of just said that, and they're like, what? <laughs> it's just kind of funny that, like, yeah. uh, like people always talk. I think talk- they even talked. I think whoever talked about that talked about like the next game or the game after that, and they were like, "Yeah, how how Jones didn't get a star?" Yeah, <laughs> and Sidian did too. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like the people who are taking down the stats, like uh, hits, like what they decide to call a hit and not a hit. It's like so subjective. Like I remember a couple years back, there was this game where we played. Maybe I'm misremembering, but it was like they gave like. Los Angeles like 80 hits in a game or something like that and to our our like 20 or 30 or something like that it's like no it just didn't happen <laughs> just like <laughs> like maybe like holding a hand out to like <laughs> for like a high five was a hit or something like that like yeah yeah i just thought they was... fist bump to acknowledge yeah. respect for the opposing <laughs> yeah. team and that was counted yeah. as a hit. good good 500th goal marlo that's a hit <laughs> that's a hit yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of ridiculous. I was uh, I was listening to speaking of milestones. I was listening to one of those like mic'd up videos, and they were following Couture, and they showed him like with a face off with Henrik Sedin, and he like congratulated him right before they took the face off <laughs> on getting to his thousand thousandth point. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's like that they hey, uh, Hank, have that respect. You know, hey, Hank, congrats on a thousand. All right, put head down. Yeah. Time to face time to take face off. Let me own you now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is kind of funny. It's just like, oh, I guess they're like, I don't know, they're kind of like coworkers in a sense. Like they work for the same company, but like different divisions in a way, you know, because like, the NHL owns every team in a sense. It's kind of fun. I like that they've got a camaraderie going and a little bit of respect going on. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Burns got another goal that game, of course. Not surprising not? at this point. Yeah. Kind of, because it's just amazing, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, burns. But not surprising, because it's Burns, and he can do that, so... Yeah, I just will never... Like, 
this is this is how Burns is playing right now. I'm like, you know what? I wonder how many goals he has right now. Should I go to NHL.com stats and look at the points leader, the goals leader? <laughs> like, how should I find this? Because it's easy either way. <laughs> I can go points, and then he's like three down. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Right. He's doing so well. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on. I think the next game was uh, the Coyotes on February fourth. Which I actually saw this game too. Yeah, that was interesting. That was definitely a Pacific Division game. That had some stuff boiling over from when they expanded the Pacific, from before they expanded the Pacific Division, I feel. I don't know. Every time we, like, when we play, like, Winnipeg, it's like, eh, like, you're in the Pacific Division. But, like, teams like Dallas, Arizona, and, like, Anaheim and LA. Some Dallas is no longer in our division. But I think it's carried over the Yeah, I, yeah, the, it was pretty heated in there, but like when we play this. Yeah, you're right, they're in the central. Maybe I just got that so wrong. Oh gosh. You also just said that Winnipeg was yeah, you're in the Pacific. They also are not. I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs> So, I feel like sometimes this is you... a good time to bring this up because Ian, <laughs> Ian's been gaffing a lot regarding regarding the sharks lately. Me. Uh, it was funny. I was driving to school one day and I was listening to a hockey podcast and they're talking about the the league in general and they were bringing about Crosby approaching the milestone of a thousand points coming up. Um, and as luck would have it, Ian texted me around that time that something along the lines of uh how Crosby is approaching a uh, thousand points he's at 997 at the time and he said wow that's amazing he and he said something along the lines of he has the same amount of points as Joe Thornton and he's been he's been playing way less as way younger and pretty much the first thing i said was how dare you because Joe Thornton is not at 997 points. He's at 990-something assists, and he has way more points than Crosby. So I had to shame Ian, put him in the corner of shame. Um, he can defend himself now. I will defend him a little bit first. He probably just had a brain fart. He got the points and assists. I was at work. He spent some time in, with the cone of shame yeah. for saying such a heinous... Uh, My wife jumped in, too. We were like group texting going remark. on. It was kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. It was funny though. Yeah, you, I was uh, like, I, such a, I was like mistake. looking at Thornton's assists, and for some, I thought they said Crosby's assists, and I was like, holy crap, he's been in the he's been in the league like so much shorter, and he's already at the same thing. I was like, ah, but then Migs rightfully shamed me, and it was appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. I, I corrected him and the first thing he said was like, Yeah, yeah, uh, screw Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, going back to hating Crosby. Ah, uh, he's so good. But in all honesty, Crosby's a great player, but we're allowed to like severely hate him irrationally for about a season or two. What's that? We're about to hate him irrationally for about a season or two, given how we lost last <laughs> season. And I think that's fair. Yeah, I think he should. Expect. I mean, as bad as as bad as the loss in the finals was, it wasn't the sort of thing where I felt a great injustice <laughs> upon us. You know, like if we had lost to Nashville because of that. Don't no. 
I'm gonna get We've mad. We've also brought this up before. Yeah, brought it up. There was which a game must, which had a call, which we, we didn't must agree discuss with. in detail at some point Gosh. because it has to do with gross injustice. The way he was moving. No, no, let's not start motion. this now. Oh, gosh. Okay, I think we should talk about it at some point because yes, we could yeah. just pick apart the injustice of it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but if we had lost because of that, yeah. I would have. Pretty much they stole the game from us in Nashville. That would have been terrible. But I don't feel that way about when we lost in the final. Yeah. I also um, say, I, like I mean, did we play horribly? No. Did they beat us? Yes. Yeah. In the way they beat us, did it make it seem like they... Were they the better team? Yes. Did we have a shot at winning? I think so, yes. I think the way they won with the speed makes it look like we had like absolutely no chance. But... Mm-hmm. We did force game six without maybe one of our best players, right? Yeah. Like, if Crosby wasn't on the team or Malkin wasn't on the team, like, it would be a little bit different, you know? Like, if Kessel yeah. wasn't there, like, that would have a big impact, so... Definitely. And jo- Jones played great for us. Yeah, I think they won. I- they deserve to win. A little golf clap for them. But yeah, I agree. People say that they were the better team, and I think they were. I don't think it was necessarily a thing of. In my mind, it wasn't that they were the better team overall, because I think that there were some back and forth where the Sharks mm-hmm. were kind of pressing the play on them. But if you look at them, who had the majority and the minority of carrying that play, it was definitely Pittsburgh, like 70 30. Yeah, uh, I think probably. I think they're you know. able to establish. Like, I think it kind of comes down to what's better: this faster style of play that they were employing, or this kind of heavy possession that the Sharks play. Like, which was better? It's like, mm. I think they executed their style better than our style, but I wouldn't say that one's better than the other. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think we're just going to start showing our rational. Well, you know, I I listened to. Again, I was listening to another podcast, and they were uh, interviewing Dean Lombardi, who uh, is the general manager of the Los Angeles Kings. So um, not a figure or a huge fan of, but he used to be the GM of the Sharks. So actually, um, we'll cut him some slack. I am a fan of um, him because he has almost made he, deals that severely that? <laughs> handicapped the Kings. Somehow, <laughs> some way, he got out of those deals, which makes me hate him. I mean, hate is strong. I don't hate them. Makes me jealous because then they would have been screwed for a while and that would have been great as our <laughs> deepest rival gets into Well, hopefully they're on the decline anyway. But anyway, they were they were interviewing him and he was actually giving mad props to the, the Sharks. He thought he was actually saying how he thinks that people kind of write them off and saying Pittsburgh was a really fast team. They were better, but he thought the Sharks really maybe could have Things could have been different if Hurdle hadn't got injured. And he said that he said something interesting in saying that they were gassed. He thought they were gassed at that point. And I think that's interesting. And I think you can make an argument that the 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 travel compared between the two teams throughout the playoffs was different, the age of the team. And I know these are kind of like excuses, but I don't want to use them as excuses because Pittsburgh did a an excellent job. But these are factors that I think played into well, the states of the team physically and I would say I would say there are age advantages of the, going in and at the beginning of the series. So I would say age of the team is not like a factor. That is how Dean, not uh, Dean Lombardi, Jim Rutherford. That's how he built his team, right? He built, a, I guess, a younger team than us. 
I'm not sure when it comes down to average age, but some of our players, our core players, are definitely older than their core players. Yeah. So, like, age is, like, a factor in how you build your team, not necessarily, like, an extraneous factor of, like, oh, Hurdle got hurt in a different series or... Um, right. Well, yeah. yeah, it was it was multifactorial, but I think the age thing, when it comes to exhaustion, that will play in with age. And since yeah. some of our core players ha- were have a, have a higher age, you know, uh, Thornton, Marlowe, um, Ward's old, an older guy, Paul Martin, you know. But anyway, we're we're yeah. we don't even talk about we could talk about this more many times because last yeah. season was amazing, but. Uh, how do we get on the subject? Don't know. It's okay. <laughs> we were talking about like the Pacific Division, and we were bringing up the Coyotes. No, no, no. And... You were talking. You were chiding me. Oh, for I Crosby. talked about your gaffes, yeah, right? My okay. Bad, my yeah. Bad. Okay. Let's get back to that Coyotes game. Uh, this Coyotes game was weird. Just moment of silence for this weird. Is that all you have to say? This is a moment of silence for this weird game. It was just. Uh, it was really odd. The Sharks, um, yeah, the Coyotes are not very good, um, and they just seem to, like, we were talking back and forth about this game, I think you caught some of it, I'm not sure if you saw all of it. I, I did see all of this one, this is the last oh, one okay, I yeah. saw. We were talking back and forth, and it was just like... It feels like the Coyotes know that they are like weren't able to match our skill for skill if they just went out and played. Like, the Sharks would have beaten them. It felt like they were trying to play up in our face a lot. Like, more so than other teams have, and maybe they had in the past. And I know they've been in the Pacific Division for a long time, and we definitely have a history there. But it just seemed like this game, they were like purposely trying to like really go at us in that aspect and uh it worked (laughs) like it definitely got under our skin um i think it didn't work in that it allowed them to play their game because it didn't necessarily it it allowed them to kind of minimize our game and keep a flow from going uh the game felt very choppy it didn't really feel like it had a flow at all but when you're looking at the chances like every time the play would kind of resume after a skirmish or a penalty or whatever happened fight um they would just continue and the sharks would get like a chance or two in between every one of those weird breaks um and yeah i found it i found it interesting i don't uh, yeah i it was a weird game yeah i didn't particularly like it i understand why it ended up in a shootout i'm glad they got a point but this game the thing that makes me so mad is Mike Smith. For a long time, I think my most hated goalies both have been in the in the Pacific Division. Um, it's just so frustrating. Like Mike Smith and Jonathan Quick just seem like they act so much. They just like embellish so much. <laughs> it's so annoying, and that's just me being like a little crybaby about it. But, like, my, my, I felt justified today. I felt justified, not today, when I was watching the game, because Jamie, Jamie Baker was just talking about, like, like, Timo Meyer came in hard on him and was, like, shaving ice to stop. And then someone, like, kind of pushed Timo into him. And then, like, 
Mike Smith helmet like flies off. He like throws his head back and he like he, like flails out, and then everyone gets all super hot. And they're like, look at all these replays, and it's like Timo Meyer never touched him. Like a teammate's a teammate's stick, or somehow pushed his own stick or a teammate's stick like into Mike Smith, and somehow he decided to like throw his head back like that. Other goalies probably wouldn't have done that. That's besides the point. But his mask just, like, flies off. And they're like, wow, that's weird. Like, that didn't... Like, on the broadcast, Jimmy Baker, who's, you know, playing in the NHL, he was like, that looks weird. And then they kind of do this, like, video breakdown, and he's like, Mike Smith doesn't have a chin strap for his helmet. So he can just, like, throw his head like that, and his helmet <laughs> flies off. And I just felt so justified. Because I have all these memory. I just, like, oh, I just hate him so much. Like, there was that one... There was this couple things, like, there was, like, a hit a couple of years ago or something like that where he was, like, behind the net and someone, like, took his leg out and he, like, he, like, they, like, kind of hit his leg and he just, like, flew his whole body around and, like, flailed. It was just like, oh, you're so annoying. Partially just because he's really good and their team isn't, but he is. So it feels like we could win so many more games, but then, you know, you have to actually score on Mike Smith. Anyways, I'm rambling, yeah. but... He did it one or two times in the game where his helmet flew off. Is like Mike Smith. I don't really like you. Yeah, that's just me he being irrational. Us. He robbed us at least once in that game. He, Bodker had a great chance that was going in, and he got a stick out the, at the last seconds to make it. He got the stick on the puck, and the puck deflected off the post at that point. And then he made a save on Meyer later in the game, but I'm not sure Meyer's shot was headed in. Um, in any case, he definitely played a role for them. Yeah, uh, I thought it was funny because there were some strange penalties. Um, the Sharks had a five on three in the first period, and that looked terrible. I will I will talk and about five on three penalties was... later. Sorry, sorry yeah. for interrupting. I will talk about five on three penalties later because this is another thing really that bad. I've noticed, <laughs> and this is just me being annoyed at our five on three. But I feel like we just like never score on five on three penalties. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. But at, at one point it was funny. I took a picture because and our, our, our other blah, our other friend uh, texted us about it because there was that one – I think he was at the game. But was there was the like game. four guys in the penalty box for the Coyotes. Yeah, they couldn't – And they had one guy that was like standing He like didn't have up. enough room. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, it was, was really when they funny, took but... the – Yeah, they had like – that was when they had the five on three and then someone in there for the fight – and then they had, like, the bench minor, which extended or something. It was weird. Yeah. At one point, I got the sense um, that there was – it was. I just got this feeling, like, it feels like somebody's trying to sabotage this game. Yeah. It just had such a bizarre It felt like the Coyotes were, like, really mad against us. And it also felt like they were, like, really mad against the refs, too. Like, there was, like – it was a really weird called game. Like, they had this one call yeah. that I forget what it was for. And, like, Jamie Baker was saying, like, wow, that's, like, really not called very often. And, like, they're just, like, super pissed about it. I forget I forget what it was, but it, I remember it, it was a really weird call. I was like, well, that sucks. I'm glad it wasn't against us, but that sucks. Um, one of my favorite things about this game was uh, Jamie Baker interviewing <laughs> his ex-teammate, um, Ty Domi, <laughs> who is uh, Max Domi's dad on the yeah. Coyotes. And it was pretty much... Jamie Baker was like so giddy about like talking with his ex teammate, and he was like, 
he had like a, a couple instances where he tried these like awkward hugs <laughs> and uh they were just like reminiscing they were totally having like an offhanded like unscripted conversation yeah. and the Ty Domi talked about this story about how he like played a practical Jamie played a practical joke on him and then it was funny uh Jamie Baker went in for like one last awkward hug and he's like hey are you doing okay like are you doing all right how are you doing like on tv Uh, but Ty Domi was still talking it was just it was just really funny because it was very unscripted and just hey we're friends I want to catch up with you but we're on tv so yeah it's always so funny too because like they broadcast things like they like they are sitting at a really awkward angle which they kind of do some weird angles so it looks okay on tv but when you like actually step back they're like really close to each other like really side by side so he was trying mm-hmm. some like weird like side hug reach around over thing like yeah you text exactly. me and like he like sent me a snapchat of like some of the things that he was doing and it was just so funny it's like Jamie was, Baker, yeah. calm down, like get a, get a handle on yourself. Uh, I was like, what is this interview right now? Yeah, he was just like, oh my old teammate, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, result of this game, um, important it, result was we lost. It went to overtime. No, it went to the shootout. It went to it the went shootout. It went to a shootout. We lost in a shootout, which sucks. That's mm-hmm. a coin flip. But we got a point, which we'll probably yes. hit at later. We lost, but played hard enough to get a point. Important. Um, enough said about this game. I think we should move on, and you should take over because I didn't see much from here out, here on out lately, other than the highlights, condensed game, post game interview type type thing. So yeah, well, I mean, we we talked about all these games. Um, we talk a lot, you and me. Um, yeah. The next game was the Buffalo game. How fun was this? Oh, it turned out. Oh dear. Oh, man. Uh, just... uh, uh. So the Sharks and Buffalo have a little bit of history going on. They've been a pretty bad team since like 2010. No. Oh, yo, Buffalo or you? Yeah, mean Buffalo. The Sharks Buffalo made Buffalo. the playoffs in 2010. I think that was the last time they made the playoffs. And yeah, that was like the yeah. Maybe they made it the year after that, and then they've just been a steady decline. And at some point, they had a huge decline. And uh, what was it like last year, or the year before? They had the second overall pick, and they took Eichel. Um, yeah, yeah, they took Eichel when uh, Edmonton took McDavid. I don't remember mm-hmm. if that was that was not last year. Yeah. Anyways, they've been a pretty bad team for a while. And for some reason, the Sharks cannot beat this team. It's like in, in Buffalo, Buffalo, we yeah. and it carries over to the Shark Tank too. I don't know what it is, but I felt not like not as badly though. I not think. as badly, <laughs> like but it was like the last six meetings of the Shark Tank or something like that. They had lost, but like when it went down to like when the Sharks were playing Buffalo in Buffalo, it was something like in the nineties they hadn't won until like last year, last season they beat them in Buffalo, and it was like some weird straight jacket taking off them that was only placed on them for like the Buffalo in Buffalo games. Um, but yeah, I mean, so going to this game, we feel a little bit like cautious and we're just like, Oh man, I don't know how this is going to go. And it starts off great. 
we absolutely just start killing it. Um, obviously, we score some goals, and I'm going to kind of gloss over some stuff. We score goals, we play well, there's like a waved off go- goal with Meyer, which I thought was kind of lame. Um, it was another like intent to blow whistle. Makes did you see this highlight? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the intent to blow thing is really lame because like if they if they ever would just say that yeah I was thinking of blowing the whistle and I was trying to get it and then the puck was in but I had already lost sight if they would just say that it'd be like okay you're not lightning fast and you know the play should stop as soon as you lose sight. And, like, the mechanics of you moving your, moving your arms to your mouth, you know, shouldn't really play a big role in there. But, like, every time they give it, they're like, they give the explanation is, like, they don't actually say that. They say something different. And the explanation that uh, they were given on the bench, and, you know, Jamie Baker was between the benches, so he heard it too, or he asked the coach. They said that the ref thought it was... The ref called it off on the ice because he thought that the goal went in after the buzzer or after the, after he blew the whistle, not the buzzer. And it's just like, you're so provably measurably video evidence Lee wrong. Like, like that's so stupid. Like if it's actually, if it's like actually what you mean here, let me show you in like 30 seconds, how wrong you are. But for some reason that's like not reviewable. Why is that not reviewable? It's a scoring play. <laughs> like, that's so... Ugh. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, frustrating. I saw Brody Brazil getting, getting yeah, all Yeah, he got all heated on Facebook. Why, why don't they use, like, audio in addition to video to review things like that? Um, yeah, it's so stupid. that was an interesting point he made. Yeah, and if it's like, if you had just said, like, yeah, I lost sight of the puck... And I was going to blow my whistle, but the puck went in before I did that. It's like, okay, there's a rule for that intent to blow. But if you say something else and then you're actually wrong for it, like that, then you called something else. You didn't, you know, whatever. Anyways, he should be fired. (laughs) (laughs) He should be given a warning to buy his, no, he should just, no, refs are people too. And they need to learn like we all do in our jobs. And I'm sure there'll be some video. Like, the refs want to get better, too, right? They're not these, these like, hard people who are like, we're going to make the fans just, like, have a hard time today. Yeah. The refs do a good job. I just don't like that sometimes yeah. they try to cover They try to, like, cover their excuses with stuff. It's like, just say what you mean. Anyways. Yeah. I'm rambling. Um, so that was the first three minutes of the game. <laughs> like yeah. Um, yeah. And then... The Sabres, so Meyer scored, but it was waved off for reasons we've just talked about. And the Sabres score a power play goal right after it. And it's just like, that's kind of frustrating because we would have had the momentum if that wouldn't have been called off. But that kind of just happens. And then and then we just score two quick ones uh, in, in three minutes or something like that. And then the game was on. And we just kind of, I'm just delaying it. We score more goals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it. We score more goals, and then it just it just turns into no, no. Ian, hold on. This game ended five <laughs> yeah, yeah. minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. into it... the third period, and yeah. we won four one, right? Yes. That's what happened, right? Yes. 
Oh my gosh. Somehow it ended Skipped to the third period, and it just, <laughs> we just like decided to stop thinking. And I don't know what it was. They took a couple penalties in a row. Melker Carlson, in particular, took a stupid penalty. He like had the stick and he tried to like throw it to Jones. It's like everyone knows that's illegal. Like you can't just like throw I the didn't. stick. I did. I didn't at that time. Um, Every NHL player here, knows. This. Because I was at school, you know, studying for this big test I have, and I said, "Oh yeah, the Sharks are playing tonight. Um, maybe I could tune in for." However much of the game's left. I, I look at the app, I see they're up three one. I'm like, oh goody. They're they're winning in Buffalo again. Let me watch the remaining fifteen minutes of this game. The Sharks are probably gonna win this, right? So I tune in, I tune in uh within the first minute I start watching, I see Joe Pavelski get a sweet one timer on a power play to make it four one. And then moving forward a bit, uh you know what kicked it off is Brent Burns takes a hooking penalty in front of our net. Yeah, uh, that I felt like somewhat, that kind of had to happen. Somewhat questionable call, but he could have been more careful. Um, the what, what happens on that next power play is, I think that's what happened where uh, Jones lost his stick and then Melko Carlson pretty much picks it up and throws it at him. Um, gives the Buffalo Sabres another power play, uh, but before we can get possession to blow the whistle dead again, um, Ryan O'Reilly scores, so they already got a goal, so that's 4-2. And then what happened after that was uh, just more disaster. <laughs> and uh, I don't think they scored on that next power play, but pretty much soon after it expired, they still had it in our zone. And uh, Evander Kane gets like this wraparound that was like hard to see where it went. Jones wasn't really covering the post, but the defenseman wasn't really on Evander Kane. And then like a minute later... They get a two-on-one because we're pressing up in the offensive zone. And Kyle Ocposo, uh gets a shot past Jones. Jones is really far out of his crease. They tie it. It goes to overtime. And, of course, Evander Kane <laughs> scores in overtime. And we blew a three-goal lead in third period. And I think we agree we were both furious after this this is me just simmering yeah we already learned this lesson what was minnesota we should have. they should have learned what this was lesson. minnesota and the thing that was just so frustrating is because like every team in the nhl is good despite what we say like oh vancouver sucks or whatever vancouver is still full of professional athletes who have made it to the highest echelon of the sport. Like, anyone in a team can score in any goalie, and they can do it any night. Will they do it consistently? No. But anyone can do it once. And they just, like... So if the if the Buffaloes just come out and just, like, have this amazing period and just get three goals, it's like, dang, that sucks. But, like, they can do that. But that's not what happened. The Sharks just, like, stopped playing. They were, like, surprised by the goal, and then Buffalo got super into it. And their fans, all of a sudden, who had been booing them and, like, utterly quiet the whole game. They were, like, booing their own team. That was so weird. I did not like that. They, like, all of a sudden were like, oh, yeah, we like Buffalo. And then they were, like, super cheering them, and then that got Buffalo amped. And then they just took advantage of the Sharks, just utterly, like, 
Oh my gosh. It's so frustrating. And it's just like this Minnesota game happened. So like not, it wasn't like game 10 of the season. Like the Minnesota mm-hmm. game was like pretty deep into around the season the halfway point. around yeah. the halfway point, like where the grind of the season is like really kicking in. It's like, we're edging towards the last, we're almost three quarters of the way season. We've almost passed the three quarter of the way mark. We have like yes. around 26 games left as we're recording tonight but it's just i don't know what we can say honestly it was infuriating is what it was it was there was literally no reason for it and i am thankful that the effort that they put in at the beginning of the game was rewarded with a pity point yeah we did get one point and it just sucks because it felt like that was the same way. We didn't lose in quite a, such a spectacular fashion in Arizona or when we played Arizona. But it just, uh, yeah, it's just like this is two games in a row where we've just like let these teams that we should just destroy just walk all over us. Yeah. Arizona, it seems a little bit more like understandable it's like okay they were just like <laughs> everyone was punching each other like the whole game is kind of what it came they down threw to. they threw a wrench in things Arizona yeah they did, really they really Buffalo messed some things up took advantage of our mistakes and the sharks just sat back and just took the loss they were like okay we're just gonna stop playing defense and not settle down and <sighs> yeah like they bad. were they were just like not pressuring the sharks at all in like the neutral zone the sharks were just like super just cutting through in the first period and the second period as they scored all those goals like you were like you could see buffalo hey like they have some individual players with some talent and they can shine but as their team game is weak like their another frustrating thing if you can remember that after kane scored that wraparound to make it four three Peter DeBoer tra- challenged the the uh yeah which i love because he called for for offsides and it didn't go our way, but at least the sharks had an extended time to kind of cool down, mm-hmm. settle down, realize they still had a one goal lead play solid to, to still get the win. Right. But no, within like the next two minutes, they're, they're pressing up high in the offensive zone on the four check and Buffalo get, was like a, like a two on one or a three on one or a three on two. It's pretty open space for Kyle Ocposo. Uh, I think it was a Jones makes Jones is far out of his crease. Uh, he's like sliding out, and it he gets like a piece of the puck, but it goes past him, and it just it was for a team like the Sharks that has prided themselves on defense this year and needed it so much because they haven't been scoring as much, and even like in the past this past season and the last season being really good at holding onto leads, it's just uh, it was so bad. Um, it just hurt. Yeah. I love the, that. the word. The word I love to use when the sharks do something like that is just, it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable to allow something like that to happen at that level. You know, Dude, Which, it it's not is... very gracious, I guess, but, <laughs> but it is. I mean, obviously in this fashion, it is unacceptable. Is every loss unacceptable? It's like, well, they're human. Sometimes the manner in which you lose is unacceptable. And I think this is unacceptable. Yeah. And, you know, in all honesty, every team 
in their history is going to have embarrassing losses, and this is one of them, but it's just very bad when you see them happening. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't the playoffs. Anyway. Like, uh, it wasn't Buffalo versus, not Buffalo, Bruins versus the uh, Maple Leafs a Canucks. year ago or two years ago. Oh, they, like, blew I a third period lead or something like that. Man, that's uh, in a game wow. seven or something. Ooh. I'm glad this wasn't the playoffs, let's say that. But uh, yeah. I just want to oh, comment. Did you, did you hear what Pete DeVoe said after the game? I did. I remember reading it and being amused, but I forgot what I He So, obviously a lot of people know that the Patriots made the biggest comeback <laughs> oh, yeah. in Super Bowl history, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he... Um, Went all topical on us. DeBoer said that he felt like the Falcons coach. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but thank goodness this wasn't the Super Bowl or the playoffs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, it's pretty bad. But yeah, thankfully it wasn't too high stakes. It was just frustrating too because the cha- the Sharks had the chance to get two points on uh, division rivals who were below them, and they only they still got a point, but they should have definitely should have gotten two. Yeah, we got two. Uh, it was very of four. irksome because we had two games at this point. We had two games in hand on i forget which team it was between anaheim and the oilers and we had two games in hand against one of them and we could have gone four points and we were already ahead and we could have gotten another four points ahead of them like if you just looked at points at every game played mark yeah not necessarily the standings because people have more game plays than different than others but it's so against like arizona and buffalo those are like bottom feeder teams and it's just like ugh. That, I think that was the most frustrating part. But, again, they, they scrape a point. Yeah. I was looking forward to this road trip. I was like, oh, we're playing Arizona and then Buffalo and the Bruins, who are not good anymore, and we're going to play Philadelphia and New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. Such a, such a wonderful road trip opportunity to get points against bottom feeder teams. And I mean, not I mean, all bottom. I guess tier. a lot of them are on the cusp of the playoffs, but they're not winnable games. Straight up contenders, you know, they're all yeah. like, maybe we'll get in the playoffs teams. So for them, yeah, yeah, it's very bothersome. But um, anyway, let's move on to the Boston game. Yeah, uh, the Boston game. I think the most the most frustrating thing about this team was. The game, not team. The game was that after this Arizona loss and the Buffalo loss, I just ex- expected them to come out like hot and just like kill it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like they would just be so motivated, and they uh, they played okay, and then the Bruins just started going, and then we got into penalty trouble, and my gosh. The Bruins' power play looks good. They had some really amazing power play play that just put us put us out of the game. Um, Didn't they score a three on us in the first period alone? They did, yeah. They had um, the first goal. Yeah, the Bruins got a goal in the first minute first minute of play, and then Joe mm-hmm. Thornton scored his very first. <laughs> goal on an actual manned net it was it was a it was a great shot too it was Um, beautiful i think that was a excellent snipe 
Yeah. Yeah, he's actually been shooting more. Yeah, he has. It's been a noted thing. I think he's even talked about how he's been trying to do that. Um, but it's been noticeable. Um, yeah. Uh, so we know they played bad overall in this game. Uh, did you take any positives from from this game at all? Because I didn't see this game. I only saw the highlights or the condensed game. Um, I was kind of angry when I was taking my notes because I, what I felt was, and this is going to be probably an emotional, slightly non-founded in data or actual facts, but just or like rational. Yeah, not rational. <laughs> right. Just like you know, my I already said it. You know, coming out of Arizona and then Buffalo, just playing poor games. You know, not Sharks right. hockey. I was just ready for them to come out against Boston, who are better than those other teams. Not great, but better. And kind of play it harder. Play their game. And they just didn't. And it was kind of frustrating. Um, they just they just kind of looked a little sloppy. And I don't know I really don't know what I can say. The the Bruins came out early and then they scored another in the first period after we scored to make it two one their lead. And then they had a power play, and it was like they set up once and got it was such fast puck movement, crisp passing, and not just like tic tac toe around the perimeter. It'd be like one two around the perimeter, back into the center, back out to the perimeter, like point back in, back out. It was like very organic. Organic is the wrong word, but it was like it didn't it seem predictable. Flow. It was a very unpredictable flow that really kept the PK, the Sharks PK on their toes. And mm -hmm. it just drew them away from the far side. And Posternock would just go creep in, creep in, creep in. And they've got some amazing passers on their team. And, like, I think it was Bergeron just had, like, a... Like, Posternock is almost on the opposite dot. And, and uh, Bergeron is like almost on the boards, the far boards, and he does like a no-look backhand pass all the way across into Pasternak's wheelhouse. And the first time he did it, it was like a post or something like that. And, um, yeah, at that point, uh, Jones was still in the net, and he like got a post and was like, oh my gosh, we're so lucky. Like, that was ridiculous. And then uh, it like goes post and out of play or the play stops just like that and then they just like set up and do the exact same thing again except for this time he rips it in and it was just like dang this is getting out of hand at that point it's 3-1 Bruins uh and Jones got pulled which was um I don't know how I feel about the five hole goal that uh Bergeron scored to make it a 2-1 lead in the first period I won't say it was a bad goal, but it wasn't great. And then the fact they had scored three in the first period, plus the Buffalo game and the Arizona game, back to it, I think uh, PDB was ready to make like a, a move to um, just change something up and shock the system. So he started Dell in the second period for the rest of the game. Uh, Dell played really well, which we'll probably talk about. Um... But he, he couldn't do anything. Again, we got into some penalty trouble, and they just they just took it away from that. At that point, the game was out of hand. So, 
Yeah, there's not much to say on that. It was... Uh, okay. Oh, you know what? Meyer, Meyer scored. That was the highlight from the game that I took. He had been playing really well, but he hadn't been scoring for a while. He scores, and he made it 3-5 to five at that point. So, Yeah, it was nice for him to get a, a, an actually counting goal yeah. um, when he got one stolen from him a uh, couple nights before in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to Philadelphia, which just happened... Uh, Two days ago. Yeah, well, pretty much yesterday, but we yeah. were recording late. late in the evening, so <laughs> it was the day before yesterday, technically. But uh, uh, what, uh, an afternoon game, early afternoon game in Philadelphia, which would be 10 a.m. Can I can I here. lighten the mood yeah. a little bit? I feel like it's getting a little bit somber with these bad games that we've been playing. Mm-hmm. I had some fun notes. Uh, you can hear Brent Burns go whoop 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 for the puck when he wants it. <laughs> you can hear it on the broadcast. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, uh, Jamie Baker kind of pointed it out, but I, I heard it, and I was like, is that Burns? And then a couple seconds later, or like a minute later, Jamie Baker was talking about it. He's like, yeah, you can hear Burns say whoop, whoop, whoop for the puck. And like, he just like, and then Joe Thornton's like, oh, well, that's that's Burns calling for the puck. I can I can hear it, and spatially, he's over here. And then he's like, <laughs> tosses it to him. And then he just like, rips it home and scores. And it's like, of Joe course... Joe Thornton calculates the, the trajectory of the sound waves <laughs> yeah. and just somehow... He's like, well, Doppler shift. Finagles the puck <laughs> in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, thought it, I thought it was funny. Like, of course, Brent Burns just goes, whoop, 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 whoop. Like, you hear, like, every <laughs> once in a while you get to see a mic'd up thing with, uh, like, Pabs or Couture. And they're always like, hey, 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 hey. Or, you know, they're saying, like, normal things. Like, over here, I'm open, something like that. But yeah. Burns just whoop, 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 whoop. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, um, oh, yeah. In these in these past couple of games, um, I think it was the Buffalo game. Uh, Marcus Sorensen got his first NHL start. Good for him. Yeah. He got uh, his first point in Buffalo, right? But we Yeah, but that was just anymore. over. <laughs> that was, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I heard it just went off his, like, skate or something like that, though. Uh, I don't remember. But he got a point. And you know what? That point. counts. That's good. People yeah. were pretty high on Sorensen in, in the preseason. I, yeah, I they. it was kind of a signing of a similar mold of Donskoy, just like someone who had been playing well in, in a foreign league, Donskoy coming from uh, Finland, Sorensen coming from Sweden. Uh, trivia, kinda... trivia, Ian, do you know who drafted or who used to, I guess, have Marcus Sorensen? The, the rights to Sorensen? <laughs> yeah. I know Anaheim had Tim Heath's rights. And oh, then, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just mixing up the two. Were you thinking Anaheim? I think I am. Yeah, maybe. Dude, it's these. Maybe they uh, had both. Maybe, but it, I think it's just the whole. Uh, they had that same issue with Justin Schultz too. <laughs> <laughs> Nordic, Nordic, uh, blondish type players that I'm mixing up. Yeah. Who I'm not yeah. that familiar with yet. <laughs> yeah, so Sorry I guess they they get to draft them. And then they retained three years of eligibility, but then they just never agreed to a contract. But the Anaheim had their rights, so when that three years is over, they were an unrestricted free agent, I think. Yeah. For some reason, that's the way it works. And that's what happened to Justin Schultz, too. They got burned by that, although they kind of turned in... He turned into a different player than what they had thought. Um, anyways, he's, he's a little bit older, but uh, he came in and played really well on the fourth line and did what he did. Uh, this was interesting. Couture strangely missed this game day to day with a, a day-to-day injury even mm-hmm. though he like traveled i think he 
I'm just gonna. I was about to just like totally make something up. What I thought might have happened, but like a sickness or something. But yeah, I have no clue. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's whatever. But he was he was out, and then LeBanc got uh, second line duty, which was uh, good for him. And they called LeBanc. <laughs> they called LeBanc banker, which I kind of like too. Uh, and you yeah. can you can hear uh, in this game you can hear at points uh, Pavs yelling to LeBanc banker banker like on the PP. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> Ian, uh, kind of Ian called me on uh, Saturday. I was taking a lunch break and I was talking with him about the, the game against Philadelphia. And he talks about Couture being out and he suggested a, a terrible thing. I didn't suggest. Uh, <laughs> I said, how terrible would it he be? speculated, not in actual words, that this is You are a terrible person, Migs. You're putting all these like shady comments in my head. No, no, no. I will, I will want to be very clear that this is not something that you <laughs> actually suspected. It is just a nightmare thought that passed said, through your mind. listen to this nightmare thought I just had. That Couture was being scratched because they were preparing <laughs> to trade him oh, before the trade deadline. How and terrible had, would that be? Yeah, this that oh would just be gosh. like a nightmare. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, good. DW would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have, a, we have a sane general manager. Great. <laughs> right. And I think you and I can pretty much agree that uh, never fire Doug Wilson at this point, right? He's uh, a... <laughs> He returned from the ashes and brought us to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, he didn't bring us, but he uh, helped facilitate that. Uh, yeah. Was was part of that. So, anyway. Um, anyway, so frustrating game again. Couldn't score. Went to overtime. We lost in overtime. Uh, Aaron Dell played again. I Again, I didn't see this this game really, but I, I saw uh, that he Del had a played well. great game. And he pretty much kept us in the game. This was the game. Uh, we'll probably okay. You've people have heard, our listeners have heard uh, how I am like fifty fifty on Dell. Like he's still a gray area for me. This game really kind of showed me the more starts he's been getting, and he consistently plays the way he's been playing. He's been killing it, and this game was amazing. He kept us in this game so well. Like we were pretty much getting dominated the whole game. And um, and then in the second period and the third period, we kind of uh, did the same to them a little bit, and then it was a little bit more even. But, yeah, Dell had an amazing game, and I I think he could do with some starts, with some higher high-intensity games, kind of as the end of the season comes up, with maybe like an Anaheim or like a uh, the Oilers or maybe someone like Calgary or... or uh, so it was another wild card team like the Kings or someone else, uh, and a more intense game to see how he goes, um, to kind of give him a taste of maybe what a playoff would look like. But yeah. he played great. Uh, Fortin got his nine hundred ninety fifth assist, which I thought was fun. Uh, LeBanc continues to have some improved play, which is really good. He got some points on this game. And um, wait, are you talking about we only scored one goal against Philadelphia? Yes. Marlowe scored on the power play to tie at 1-1 after the Flyers had scored earlier. Right. So you're, you've moved on and to LeBanc, New Jersey already then? No. Because you said Thornton got his 900. Was 95th. that the same game? Nope. And you also said LeBanc got a point. 
LeBanc and Thornton had the assist oh, on huh. the Marlowe power Perfect play storm. goal. <laughs> that same thing. I thought you were saying like all these people. <laughs> now you had these... the gaffe. <laughs> I, I thought you were she saying was like, on the all other these foot. players had these points, and I was like, no. huh? We got like one goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was just and then all three players that uh, scored there. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel, Mix? <laughs> no, I yeah, I it's late, dude. I I, yeah. I I acknowledge. Um, I acknowledge I messed up. Yeah, this game went to overtime. Uh, not necessarily a, a bad game. Dell had an amazing game. I think they probably could have played better, but it wasn't just like a terrible performance. Um, and then Burns on over in overtime, he tries to do a move through the neutral zone and like whiffs on the puck, and then they steal it and then uh Wayne Simmons gets a he just gets like a one on nobody with like infinite room and uh yeah, bad, on the break bad turnover by Burns but it was yeah. 3 on 3 but it, so. yeah it was you know it's overtime that's a coin flip coin flip but i think continuing what you were saying with the Boston game more mm-hmm. of the same trend of the Sharks have been losing. You'd expect them to come out, and they came out flat again in another yeah, game. Yeah, this, I mean, this was a weird East Coast game in the morning. It was an afternoon game. So this game, like, happened at, like, 10 a.m. Pacific. Our time, yeah. Yeah, which is weird. And, you know, those games always kind of start out weird, and even the Flyers are coming out weird, too. Everyone was kind of talking about it. But. So I gave them a little bit more room with the, like little bit more leeway there just because it's weird because you know these are men of habit for sure um but yeah i would have loved a a strong game from them and they they didn't really give it but it was didn't look terrible mm-hmm. anyways moving on to new jersey um that was today this yesterday. is the game <laughs> technically yesterday great yeah this is the game that we wanted to see from the sharks um, I will say, so yes, uh, we lost in Philadelphia in overtime, but we still scraped a point, which I think is so important. We've talked about yeah. five games now, and our record could have been terrible if we didn't get those games to overtime, but instead we get, we scrape we out got three four points. out of eight points on this yeah. road trip. So. That could have been, that could have been like two Two points out of eight. It could have been terrible, but yeah. they did really well. And I I think that shows kind of the grit of this team that despite how it happens, they're still scraping out points at this time of the year. That's so important. Like, we played terrible games. We played, like, three or four games in a row that were just terrible. And yet we still, especially after this New Jersey game, we have five points on the oil on anaheim and seven points on the oilers and we have a game in hand on the oilers like that's what we need that's how we get to the playoffs and that's how we do well and i love it uh and this game a game in hand on us maybe i read that wrong totally wrong but i mean there's not much to say about this game new jersey was not very good they're not doing well this season um LeBanc with his improved play gets up on the top line Couture's back this game um he only missed one game but it was, it was kind of weird I don't really know what happened maybe he's just feeling under the weather or something uh Boston there was a blizzard that they almost canceled the game but with the compressed schedule they couldn't really 
move the game anywhere else, so they just kind of said, suck it up, sorry. And then Boston said, if you can't make it to the game, we'll refund you your ticket and give you a ticket to any other game you want. So that was kind of cool of them. But, you know, maybe something weird with weather. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. LeBanc gets rewarded. He gets put to the top line. And uh, the first period, the Sharks put on 19 shots on New Jersey, but they didn't. Yeah, they just, they, 19 shots, they didn't score, which kind of sucks, but uh, they had another 5-on-3, which they didn't score on, which again, confirms our bias with Migs and I, saying that, like, oh, the Sharks are really bad at it. But apparently, according to Fear the Fin, they did some stat pulling, and under Peter DeBoer, as he's been head coach of the Sharks, the Sharks are third in the NHL for goals scored per 60 minutes of 5-on-3 power play time. Hmm. Interesting. It's like all last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. It feels like we this season like is not going 90% in. last season probably then. And yeah, like also, I feel season. like... I'm going to call sample size on this. And this is my ignorance, because I don't know where they got this stat. But 5-on-3 power play time, that doesn't happen very often. And normally it's only for like 20 seconds. It seems like we've been getting a lot of five on threes. Like we've been, yeah, extended five on threes lately. Yeah, but I mean, like in general, for them to compile a statistic, I don't know what comes from. But taking it for what they're saying, maybe we're just hitting a rut, or we're not seeing in context what other teams get as well. But not much to say about this game. New Jersey is not a very good team this season, and like we couldn't do on this road trip, we really just put this game away. Thornton scored. Burns got two delicious goals. Hurdle with an Dude, empty net. Both bar down. Uh, awesome yeah. snipes. Bar down. Yeah. Amazing to see. And Hurdle gets an empty net. I bet net he had goal. some whoop whoops after that, right? Yeah, he probably said <laughs> whoop, I, whoop. And then Thornton's like, smile on his face. Yeah. He's, yeah. Nah, he's, he's just like so good. Oh my gosh. He is third in scored points. He yep. is fourth in the league in points. Connor McDavid with 61. Sidney Crosby and Nicholas Backstrom both with 60. Tied for a second with that. So Burns is fourth in scoring at 59. Still, still ahead of Patrick Kane, who just nice. recently had like a 100-point season. Brad yeah. Marchand having a 58-point season. Wow. That's insane. Hey, uh... Ian, is uh, Brad Marchand a defenseman? No. Do you know who the next defenseman in points is? Uh, Did you know that it's Eric Carlson with 45 points versus (laughs) Brent Burns' 59 points? Wow. That's quite a a gap. If Brent Burns does not win the Norris, people in San Jose are going to throw a riot. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be bad. Honestly, at this point, he's so locked it down, it's ridiculous. Uh, like, his defensive play is much better than what it used to be, so there's not, like, that potential knock against him. Like, we don't really need to talk about it. If he doesn't win the Norris, I just don't know what I'm going to do because it just seems like <laughs> such a lock. And at this you point... I'll scream into my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then at this point, like, given the season, I am so thankful that he signed his contract before like the season really got off 
Because if he signed it now and he's like assured for the Norris, or he signed it in the off season after he most likely will have won it, he probably is going to get a little bit more money. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, good timing, Doug Wilson. Yeah, it's a awesome. lot. It's a lot. It's a big contract, but he probably could have gotten a yeah. lot more. I mean, exactly. Two he got max length. Yeah. He got max length, but like uh, PK Subban, he makes nine something against the cap, and uh, like. That means that you have to play at your absolute best all the time. Otherwise, you are killing your team. I don't know mm. what Crosby's cap hit is, but I think it's like 9, 8, or 10, or something like that. Kane and Taves, they both have like 10 or 9 or something like that. Yeah. And then, like... And then, so those are all good examples of, like, playing up to your contract when you sign something huge like that. But then you have Andre Kopitar with a 10... 10 million dollar cap hit and he's like at some point in the season recently he was still in single digit goals and i think i can confidently say that he's still in single digit goals and if he's not he's just recently broken that barrier that is a huge letdown that's not like oh couture isn't you know maybe he was on pace for like a 50 point season and he's only get like a 35 like that's not good not saying that's what he's doing just using an example that's like that's like Thornton and Marlowe almost not getting like a 10 point season each or something like that. It's just mm-hmm. like insane. It's so bad. So I'm so thankful that Brett Burns got the money he did. And I'm sure his like no movement clause and like particulars of the contracts and like signing bonuses, whatever are amazing. But for whatever it factors into counting against the cap, making it only eight is awesome. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. And then the fact that he's like, I'm going to keep, keep on talking about these trophies. He's fourth in scoring, so he very well could be nominated. I'm not sure if they do nominated nominations for the Art Ross. I think you just win it if you get the most points. He, like, legitimately... <laughs> you got the most points, but I'm going to give it to somebody else because <laughs> yeah. I like them better. <laughs> yeah, I take that back. McDavid or Crosby likely will win the Art Ross for the scoring title, but... Brent Burns is so close that he, like, almost could do it. Will he? Like, I don't know. I think he's a defenseman, so he doesn't get as much scoring time. But well, if he keeps this up, he might. If he gets dude, hot, like, he earlier, might. I was telling you earlier, he has multi-point games fairly consistently this season. Yeah. So, it's like, it's his scoring... It's like we've been talking about the past few podcasts. It's like the Brent Burns tracker. Oh, he got another point. He got another goal. He got two assists this game. Like it just keeps on going, it's amazing. It just, I be- I believe he can stay right up there with those guys. He um, can stay up there, and he'll be top five. Calling it now, he'll be top ten for sure in the league in scoring, barring injury. Top five, I'm pretty confident he could stay there. But dude, if he could win, how insane would that be for Burns mm-hmm. as a defenseman to win the Art Ross? and the norris in the same season well dude, and at, at that, that point, point he's also he would like have to win guaranteed. yeah he's got to be nominated for the heart at least he's in he's in talks for that for sure i think we were we were salivating about this oh earlier gosh. today of having if he wins all three that would, uh... <laughs> that would win all three <laughs> yeah uh, that would, that be, would be like the most historic season ever in years yeah he's above a point per game He's almost... <laughs> they just just throw the selkie in there too. He's not a forward. Yeah. Just just give him and, the selkie as well. 
Yeah, and he has the most shots in the league by like <sighs> by far too. Right. He has more he has more points than Ovechkin. Duh. Like yeah, what the I love heck? That how he like t- he's like taking over like the the league lead in shots in, over Ovechkin too. He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to shoot more than you now too." <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. He's like <laughs> he didn't like come out of nowhere, but he did, you know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyways, gotta, so got to love Brent Burns. Brent Burns is amazing and he's really it's nice that as some of the teams uh our our players have been i think a little bit affected by this long stanley cup run and then the world cup of hockey and then that really short off season uh just playing so many games i really think it's kind of affected our five on five scoring um so it's nice that burns has just been ripping it out and just destroying the stat picking up the slack for the rest of the team a lot of times Mm mm-hmm um, but what do you what do you think is wrong with our power play? I think when I dude, I can't I mean who who am I? You know, something could be better. Yes. What is wrong specifically? I don't I don't know if I can answer that. To me, it, it just seems like to me, I wish they would kind of move and rotate around a little bit more to drag the um, the penalty killers around a little bit. That would be cool. Uh, more passing into the middle than back out yeah. instead of just, like, around the perimeter. Uh, and, like, faster passing would be great. But that's like saying, I want all my forwards to score at least 20 goals, uh, two or three to score 30, and one to score 40. Like you can't, but, like you can't guarantee that. But I, I don't think it's necessarily that. Much yeah, of a I mean that's hyperbole. I, we can we can look at what they were doing in the playoffs last year, and we can look at the way their playoff their power play has looked this season, and we can see a marked difference. Like you said, the mm-hmm. way they're passing, the way the flow is going, it seems to me that when they're on the power play, they're like stuck, like they're stationary on the ice, and they pass it around. That, like you said, they're not they're not rotating there's not as much motion it looks like they're stuck in mud kind of and it doesn't Mm -hmm. lead to good chances yeah they just they're like everyone knows everyone in the ice knows it's gonna happen yeah they're just gonna move it around and go from the point and so that's why they're just so stationary it's because they're not like trying to threaten from their point they're just like oh a pass should go to the middle before it goes to the point so i'll be in the middle for that pass yeah and the thing is it's still so effective it's it's like the only thing we do and yet we still score power play goals on it somewhat regularly not as regular as we'd like doing it when everyone on the ice and everyone in the building knows it's going to happen because Brent Burns is that good and Joe Pavelski is that good at tipping you know it's awesome I don't know if we mentioned this on a previous podcast but I think the whole lack of practice time is a factor yeah uh, I think we did in that whole situation where if they had more time to work on these uh, strategic, tactical X's and O's type things, that they would maybe improve that flow and their strategy with it. So hopefully uh, they'll get some practice time and the power play will start clicking a little bit more. (laughs) And if we get five on threes again, we'll actually score on them. Yeah. Um, Although allegedly, I guess we do pretty well at that, but whatever. Anyway, so Um, yeah, the New Jersey game was good. Um, Do you know what's coming soon, Migs? No, I've been so tired lately. I the next game is at home against 
Migs, I was hinting more future-facing. Do you know what happens on March 1st? The trade deadline. The trade deadline. We'll we we, we kind of got into a little bit of a hidden argument, didn't we? I like to, <laughs> we I like to call, for the listeners, I like to call Migs on my way to hockey. It's like a little 30-minute drive in the middle, kind of like a more rural area of uh, outside of Seattle. And uh, so I, I like to call, call Migs, talk about the game that happened. And we kind of got into a little heated argument about uh, what the Sharks should do and look for uh, at the trade deadline. We were kind of saying, I think we, we don't need to get into that argument. It wasn't anything really important. But I think we both agree We almost that... lost our friendship. It, was, it almost <laughs> went down the toilet. <laughs> I'm all blowing it off, yeah. No, no, it wasn't that. But uh, I think last year we definitely had like DeMello as the sixth defenseman. And we definitely could have used a veteran guy in that spot. So we went out and got Roman Polak, and that was great. And then that pushed DeMello to where at that season he was comfortable in at, at that seventh player spot. Yeah. Um, and, and that worked out well. DeMello, or, uh, Polak served his role and got us to where he did, and that was great, and we thank him for it. This year, Schlemko is in that spot. A huge upgrade over Polak. No, no hits on Polak for that or anything like that. Schlemko, I, I, he is one of my favorite players to watch i don't know why he's got some shifty moves at the point uh and i like it and his contract is right like it was a great offseason acquisition so if we were to pull anyone for the like at the trade deadline i really don't feel like it's going to come on the defense uh because in the wings we have Demello, mueller tim heed and a couple other guys all vying for that seventh defenseman spot who could fill in pretty well um and this kind of goes to, and that the the forward death is similar, but I think Migs and I both agree that this is kind of where the argument was coming from a little bit. Uh, I think we both agree that the current sharks sharks death depth doesn't require a move if we want to make the Stanley Cup. And where I was coming from was I think that just because the fact that we got to the Stanley Cup last year. I think Doug Wilson will try to make a move within reason. Uh, not going to give up too much for it because of our current, like, 53-man roster situation, not just, like, the uh, NHL roster. Like, it's deep, and it's good, and it's it's uh, building up nicely. I don't think he wants to give up too much for it, so I think he'll... Um, I think he might make a move just because... It's going to, if we could, we're not perfect, and we could totally add another, like, veteran player. Like, if we had another Joel Ward-type player, or maybe someone a little bit below that on our team, that would be great. Um, so I think he, he might make a move, but the price might be, might be too high. But just the fact that we got to the Stanley Cup Final last year, I think it's, I think I could see him trying to make a move just to kind of ensure that we do that again and this time win. Uh, what, what were you kind of coming from? Yeah, I I saw Ian's viewpoint about kind of rewarding the team and setting them up for success in the playoffs. But um, this year, unlike other years, I just I feel like there's just less of a need based on the depth that we have. And part of it would be, yeah, you're going to play some young players, but I think the alternative of uh, making a trade at the at the deadline for a player with a very high asking price is not going to be worth it. 
Uh, I think that was the the main point of my argument that are we going to pay what a first round pick and a prospect for Martin Hansel? And I'm not saying that that's the type of player that we need, but we know that a lot of the players that are going to be sell, uh, sellers are um, they're going to be asking for very high prices, and I just don't think it's worth it at this point. I think the Sharks have experienced the benefit of a sudden surge of young talent that just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, like Kevin LeBanc. Yeah. Before this season, last season, it's like, whoa, where did this kid come from? He's leaving the OHL and scoring. Um, we got Meyer with that first-round pick. Um, Tim Heed. We still uh, got Sorensen was like a good pickup. So it, it yeah. seems like we've got some good prospects all of a sudden. I wouldn't. We're kind of a good place where we're contenders, but we have a good hope for the future as well. And I don't think to solidify the former, we need to mortgage the latter. Um, So that's where it's coming from. I think think more of Ian and I's argument was coming from... Uh, I think we had moved on from the trade deadline issue and we were talking about... Which... <laughs> we just had an argument of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which young... It came from the discussion about which young player you would we up. would choose to be in the playoffs and how we'd, we'd, we would determine that. And uh, a lot of it was centered around uh, Kevin LeBanc versus Timo Meyer, and kind of the aspects of recent play and how have they been playing throughout the season as a whole what kind of skill set they have and what do they add to the team and uh yeah it was uh it was an exercise and <laughs> trying to understand one another yeah but we, think, we ended up yeah. finding that it was kind of inane because we ultimately agree so yeah yeah I, I think when i when i when i see doug wilson making a move if he makes a move it it's not going to be for hansel you know I mean, knock on wood, I hope he doesn't, but, like, he he's not, at this point, you know, Thornton and Marlowe and even Ward on our roster, Paul Martin, too, although he's a defenseman, so he'd probably play maybe a year or two more um, and still be serviceable, uh, given his age. Um, you know, our team is going to turn over pretty fast in these next coming years, and major parts are going to be a part of that turnover in Thornton and Marlowe. Um you know, we can't afford to give away a pick at this time. You know, it's not like we're tied against the cap and we're going to have to give a player away or something like that. Maybe which is affecting the likes of Chicago more. It's uh, it's different for us. So I, I trust in Doug Wilson that he will not make a, a move for like Hansel or something like that. Like what is Hansel going to bring? You know that yeah. we can uh, like if I think I think if we get someone I think it's gonna be like a fourth line player or like a third line player, but then I look it's like you know you can just pull up Danny O'Regan he's like a point per game player over a lot of games in the AHL. You could pull up Ryan Carpenter he's been he's he's like under ten games played or something like that. He has a couple points like ten games played he's got like a good amount of points for what he was doing. And, like, you still have Nikolai Goldobin, who, by all reports, has been uh, vastly improved in the AHL with his defensive game, which was holding him back. Um, Because he was picked before Meyer was, but Meyer got the 
NHL kind of starting game going on earlier than he did. So, uh, you know, he's basically at a point per game place. He's scoring a lot of goals. We got, uh, you know, like we said, Marcus Sorensen. We got Tim Heat on defense. Like, who would you pull up on this fourth line? Like, we're still missing Donskoy, too. And, like, we're not, like, eating it. We're not hurting. Like, when all these people come back, it's like, who would you put in the lineup? Like, and we have different pieces that bring different aspects. Like, even our fourth line players, like, Michael Haley is, like, he's a great, great player for what he is. He's not some, like, stick in the mud that, like, can't skate and is only good for fighting. Like, he can play really well on the boards. Like, he does do some play and stuff like that. Like, he he has some good play. And I think we have everything we need in our team to go deep. But I could see Doug Wilson making a move. Um, maybe bring some more, like veteran presence to kind of push out one of the rookies who maybe going through some scoring slump and they, we don't really know how they're going to play in the playoffs yet. Um, and then that would bring in a lot of competition for that last spot. So I think some good things could happen out of it, but I, I think if he makes a, a move for someone at the trade deadline, it's just going to be someone that's not a big name. Uh, kind of like a, a Ben Smith for Andrew Desjardins kind of trade we did a couple years ago, something like that. Um, Except we gave away our Andrew Desjardins. Except Michael Haley. Yeah, re- re- reverse. The, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we were, we were kind of talking like it would be great if like we could get a Ginla or like Doan. That would be awesome. But they would have to retain like 90% salary on them because we have so little room. And and we don't have the, yeah. We don't but have the like, cap space for this. Yeah, guy, like yeah. going to the playoffs with a Ginla on your third or fourth line or like Doan on your third or fourth line. Like, dude, that would be great, especially when things get like gritty. Oh. You know that you know those two guys are gonna bring it because this is yeah. probably their last. Especially, year. Especially, it's like yeah, this is like super their last year to do it. So yeah. So we we had some fun discussing that. Um, I hope you guys did too. But uh, it's getting a little late here as we record, and we've had a couple uh, long days. Migs with um, Migs is in PT school, and he's killing it, and he's had a lot of intense exams and my dog who we met uh i think last week or the other week uh, she got pretty sick over the weekend so uh, that was that was not fun oh uh, yeah so we're, we're both ready to kind of wrap Good this times. up uh listeners we appreciate you thanks for listening migs any closing comments yeah we went for 80 minutes and more, so we'll try. We'll <laughs> One day we'll get, a, we'll get under <laughs> 50. cut that in half to 40 at some point, but we just get carried away. I think if we have more regular uh, regular podcasts coming up, that should get better with time. So uh, listeners, uh, if you exist and you have stuck around for this long, we appreciate it, um, and we hope you will tune in for our next podcast, uh, hopefully in the next uh, week, week and a half or so. So uh, with that, uh, we'll close the podcast. Um, As always, go Sharks, and we will catch you guys next time. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcast platform you prefer, or you can listen online at www.backtothepointpodcast.com. Do you have any questions for us? Want to suggest a topic for us to discuss in the air? Tweet us at underscore backtothepoint or email us at backtothepoint at yahoo.com. The views and content included in this podcast are our own and is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League in any capacity.